We are Artist Uprising. We have started a movement. Call it a revival for arts and entertainment. Call it a renaissance or united belief. That creativity should be undoubtedly expressed in a way that shapes culture for the better. That artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Artist Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Catch Smith. Today's episode is with one of the top 25 creatives we are featuring. Her name is Daniela Mason. Daniela is a singer-songwriter from Dallas, but lives in Nashville. Daniela is an indie pop singer known for her powerhouse vocals and her honest and emotional lyrics. Her new EP, Mental State, released last Friday and is everywhere you can find music. So be sure to go get that and listen to it. It has been on repeat for me since it came out, and I am absolutely loving it. In this episode, we talked about what it was like growing up in Dallas, how she got started in music, what it's like being a tipping point artist, and also when we recorded this interview, it was her release day for her single Deepest of Wells, which is on her new EP. So we talked about how she felt on release day, everything that went into release day, and all the things that she was doing for that. We met up in a hotel in South Lake, and it was just a great time. We had a great conversation. So, without any further ado, here is my conversation with Daniela Mason. Well, Daniela, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, it's release day, right? Yes. You're here in Dallas, yes. South Lake, to be exact. Did you grew up in this area, South Lake? I did, yeah. I grew up kind of all over Dallas. We moved yeah. around a bit. Okay. And then I moved to Nashville when I was 18. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So this is home. Yeah. I come back a lot. Okay. Um, so I keep my roots here, but I, I've lived in Like, Nashville what is a lot? Like, life. how often do you come back? Well, my dad still lives okay. here, um, and I come and visit him as often as I can. And, you know, working with Artist Uprising, uh, there's a lot of really cool opportunities in the yeah. area that they connect me with. And so I find myself here a lot, and my dad doesn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what, what was it like growing up here? Like what did, you know, what was, what was it like? Did you like growing up here? You know, what did, what were all the things? What did you do? What was, what was it like growing up in Dallas? I think one thing that I really appreciated about Texas schools was their fine arts programs. Okay. Um, I realized later when I went to college that not every state and not every city really cares about the fine arts. So the fact that I went to schools that put on musicals and had show choirs yeah. and it really gave me an opportunity to sort of grow those parts of myself. And I don't know that I would be where I am today if I hadn't had the opportunity to be yeah. in school plays and be in choirs and, you know, learn that I'm an artist at, at heart and yeah. not everybody gets that opportunity. Yeah. So I'm thankful. Yeah, that is awesome. How did you get your start in music? Like you said, you did musicals and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Did it start at a, a young age? Was it like, very young. Really? Uh, my family is very musical. Okay. So from the beginning, I think I came out of the womb singing and yeah. and dancing and <laughs> acting and all the things. So I think the first time I sang in front in public a solo, I was probably three or four. And so wow. I grew up singing in church and So it just kinda came natural yeah. to you. It's like you don't get nervous or or I, like it wasn't I do like, get nervous, but yes, I've been doing it for yeah. a long time. It's it's in my blood. Yeah. yeah. What is, what is your favorite thing about it? Like what kind of drew you to it? 
was it like a feeling? Did you get a feeling when you were like performing or was it like just kind of like your love for music and, and art? I think that I realized that art was really powerful, that yeah. it could change minds and hearts and kind of shift culture. Mm-hmm. So it felt like a position of influence and honor for me to be able to, you know, have any kind of stage to stand on to share my story or what yeah. I think. And the fact that anybody cares about what I have to say is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so I think, I think when I started doing it, I felt like I had no choice in the matter. Like it was just who yeah. I was. And yeah. I think the reason I've stayed and I haven't gone down another maybe easier path is because of that space to share my heart and what I think and what I've been through and to have people respond to me and yeah and interact with me in those places of vulnerability. That is what makes it all worth it. Yeah. And it's what keeps me going and it's caused me to stay in this arena even when it's very hard and tiring and brutal <laughs> yeah well like last night at, at your show like that was like you you felt you know like you were your presence on stage was incredible and oh, like you could you. like just I mean it wasn't like in a it was outside so it wasn't yeah. like in an auditorium whatever but it was still like man this is like a special moment right here you know oh, like it was I'm just like, like and like the band and like your husband and the drum like Josh yeah. on the drums it was just like it looked like y'all were having the time of your life. And it, <laughs> we do have fun up there, for and it sure. And it was awesome to see. Like, I went home jamming to your album because it's like, it just, I just felt something, you oh, know? Good. And so, like, I love, I We've love We've got a that. lot of feelings yeah. up there. Yeah. And I think that is something that kind of sets it apart a little bit, um, is everything I write is very much based on my own experiences. Yeah, and I love that. I, fe- I relive it every time I sing it live. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know if that was, like... A, a poor decision for my mental health or right. a good decision because I'm reliving all these like terrible and wonderful things like every right. time I perform yeah. but it's just worth it to me I'm like if I'm going to say something I just want to say something important and right. at least true yeah so yeah man that's awesome yeah how did being with a major record label prepare you for what you're doing now yeah that was an interesting time in my life I been doing this a while I was independent um before I was at a major and then after I was at the major, I was independent again. So I've kind of had some all of the worlds. Um, But I think the interesting thing for me that I really learned is before I signed, I kind of, I lacked vision. I did not know what I was capable of personally. I didn't even know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't really believe in myself to the degree I do now. And when I got to the label, I started bringing in all my ideas and I would, I was the girl that like would bring binders and charts into marketing meetings. And they were like, who is this girl? Um, and so I, I quickly learned that I was good at some things that I didn't know I was. When I came in, I didn't know if I was a good songwriter. I thought, you know, I'm a girl who can sing. And, you know, I started writing two three sessions a day um, and then going into these big meetings with these big executives and bringing in my ideas. And they were like, these ideas are really good. We want to go with these ideas. And I was like, what? Why? (laughs) And it really taught me like, I have something to say. I'm a good writer. Um, I 
and I have good ideas on the business side. And I would have never known that. Yeah. Like I think I would have just kept going around singing some songs and not really embarking as like a businesswoman and as kind of this multifaceted mm-hmm. um, artist. And and I'm really thankful for all of that because I'm I'm so much more confident. I know now what I'm good at and what I am not. Yeah. And that was a really valuable thing for me in, in my journey. So I know um, these five things like I cannot do. I will not do them well. I need to find someone who can do those things. Yeah. But these things I'm really good at and I can deliver on these things. Right. And and so it just really helped my awareness of my myself as a person, as an artist and a, as a business person. I'm right. so thankful for, for the years I spent there because I yeah. would not be where I am today at yeah. all. Yeah. How did you how did you learn how to do songwriting and bringing these ideas and singing? Was it just kind of like something that like came natural to you or did you like you know, do a lot of studying on, okay, how do you write a song? Like, how does that, how does that work for you? Did it just like, do songs just flow out? I think it's a combination. Yeah. Okay. I uh, started out as a very feely songwriter, just whatever came out of me in high school. I was, I would listen to Damien Rice and Regina Spector. Like those were my influences and I would just sit down and and write from this very like emotional place, just my stories, and and that was it. And that's kind of how I wrote for a few years, and yeah. I only wrote by myself. Like I didn't do the co-writing game and any of that. And then I remember in college, I started to do a co-write here and there. And then the I got to this point where I wrote this song "Shade of You" with um, my husband and a friend of ours, Chase. And I was like, oh, this is by far the best song I've ever written. And I think I need to write with people way more often because they make me way better. And so after that, my writing style just got better and more pro probably just because I was learning from the people around me. And um, one of the guys I worked with when I was at the label is a songwriter named Ross Golan, who actually has a podcast called And The Writer Is. And he taught me about song math, which was like the first time I'd ever even thought about that. And so now I think it's, my writing style is a kind of a combination. I still have that very emotional space that I come from, but when it comes to the song math, when it comes to just how pop music is successful and why it's successful, I kind of have all those things floating yeah. around in my head now. And so it, it sometimes it can bite me a little bit because I get a little too in my head about all of those um, rules. But... I think I'm coming to a place now where the emotional and storytelling side is really marrying nicely with yeah. all of the kind of guidelines that you learn as you go along. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What's it like? So you write this song. It's a part of your story. Mm-hmm. It's a part of your life. What's it like? Okay, the song is done. Now we got to release it. Now we want to need to release it to the world. And then everybody hears, like, what is that feeling like? What's going through your head? It's terrifying every yeah, single time. Imagine. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> why did I decide to do this yeah. with my life? Yeah. Um, yeah, especially some of the more emotional ones because I really am just inviting the whole world into right. this space where they can judge me, they can make up their minds about me, even if they know nothing about me. Yeah. But I think every time I start to doubt myself, doubt the path I've chosen or if I get in my head about what people are saying, Mm -hmm. there's always someone that reaches out to me in that very moment. That's like this song changed my life. This song made me feel less alone. This song is exactly what 
has been going on in my head. And and so I feel like that's always what comes in and makes it yeah. worth it. Yeah. Talks me out of my existential crisis. Right. Um, but it is, it's, it's definitely, it's hard. And then you always, you never know if you're right about it. Right. You know, you think it's a great song. You think everyone will like it and yeah. then you could release it and they could literally all hate it. Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's a risk every time, but... Obviously, I'm drawn to that because I keep doing it, and yeah. <laughs> um, and I will probably keep doing it the rest of my life. That's awesome. So, how do you know when a song is done? Like, are you do you slave over a song for a long period of time, or is it like, is it kind of like, all right, we're done with it, let's get it out there? A combination. Okay. I have some songs that have taken me a long time yeah. to finish, uh, and I can get in my head about it and then start to overthink everything. Yeah. I'm like, what? is the song even good anymore? Because I'm thinking about this one snare sound forever. Right, yeah. or, you know, this one background vocal. And so I, because I know my tendency to kind of go down those rabbit uh-huh. holes, I try to just listen to my gut and respond. So when my gut is like, the song's done, send it out. Stop yeah. obsessing and right. being weird. Just send it out. Don't think about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I've gotten better at that, but yeah. there's been time in my life, times in my life where I've just nitpicked like everything. And there's still some songs that feel so important to me that I want them to be perfect. Like some of these songs we're releasing now, like Deepest of Wells that just came out. Uh That song we wrote um, a year or two ago and we kind of just let it sit for a while, but we kept coming back to it. We were like, this song, there's something special about it. And we kept coming back to it. And when we finally got to the point of, I want to release this. I want to put this on mental state. All I did was go track a vocal and they tweaked a couple things in the track and we sent it off as is yeah. from like the day we made it. Yeah. And there's moments like that that feel super serendipitous. You're like, everything that happened that day, we just need to button up and send off. Mm-hmm. And those are fun moments because yeah. everyone's on the same page. We're like, no, that was magic. Don't mess right. with it. Just yeah. send it to mastering. Don't change it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So you work with Artist Uprising. Um, what's, what's that experience been like? I love it. I love just having this whole like girl boss yeah, crew. Yeah. Um, I, there's a lot of, I, this is such a like <laughs> key word that people use at like seminars, but there is so much synergy yeah, <laughs> with yeah. us. So we all think really similarly. We just have the, uh, the same mindset in a lot of ways and just trying to be, strategic in a new way mm-hmm. to reach new people and uh not being satisfied with the same old ways we've always done yeah. things and yeah. so you know Merrick will just out of the blue just text me be like oh my god I have this idea for you call me right now yeah. and it's like this crazy <laughs> idea I've never thought of some marketing plan that I'm like that sounds amazing I would have never come up with that right. if you gave me a thousand years <laughs> um and so that's been super fun for me because I work so hard on my craft and my mm-hmm. art. And I've had times in my life when I've just been so disappointed because I didn't have anybody to help me like, get it to the right. place it needed to be um, marketing-wise, strategically, just getting it out to actual ears to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, did it even right. fall? Like, do I even have a song if no one's listening? Right, <laughs> yeah. And so when I started working with them, I really felt like, my reach just increased so much and just the way that I even thought about reaching fans and reaching new fans has changed. And, um, you know, and they came in to bring me strategic partnerships that pay me money. And that was a new thing, honestly, like I, I'm able to fund my whole business and 
make all my music and own all of it and pay for all of it. And it's honestly been incredible. Uh, and I've gotten out of debt and all this stuff. That's I mean, awesome. I'm still not living yeah. large. We're still getting there. But uh, <laughs> the fact that, honestly, I have to zoom out and look at the fact that I can operate my own business on yeah. my own terms and pay for everything myself has been is amazing. Yeah. And, and I've been working for that for a long time. And when they came into the picture, it really shifted everything for me yeah. in that regard. Yeah, that's incredible. Uh, what does it mean to you to be a breakout artist, a tipping point artist? Tipping point, yeah. That's a funny term because I really do feel the, like, teetering. Really? Yeah. And so the, I really resonate with the tipping point yeah. term. For me, I feel like I'm kind of in this middle ground in my career. I'm not a brand new artist that's like fuzzy that everyone's like, have you heard of this girl that no one's ever heard of? She's been living in a garage and like now we all know about her. It's like, I've been doing it for a while and you know, I still, there's still so many thousands of people who don't know who I am, but in my community in Nashville, uh, I've been doing it a while, but I'm not to the point where like, it's just this explosive undeniable thing. I'm still kind of in between those two worlds And my whole life is filled with maybes, like, all the time. It's just really cool maybes. Yeah. And um, starting to turn some of those maybes into yeses yeah. is where I'm at. Yeah. And so I, the tipping point thing is, it feels so real to me. Yeah. Like at, some, at any point, I feel like I could teeter off of a cliff <laughs> or teeter and totally ascend to the next level. Yeah. And for me, it's just, I'm just going to keep releasing music and hoping and working towards more and more people knowing it and yeah. loving it and sharing it. And yeah. with each release, we've had a, a broader reach and I'm hoping that will continue. That's so exciting. And yeah. I won't teeter off a cliff. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, no. So you've got Mental State out. It's starting now. Okay, So gotcha. this is the first single. And then there is another single and then the whole EP will be out gotcha. at the end of May. Okay. And what is the... The full story the called. Yeah, project, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole story and the whole project is called State of Mind. Okay. And there's four sections that are all EPs. So Emotional State was the first EP that came out in the fall. And now we're at Mental State. And gotcha. then next is Physical State. And next is Spiritual State. So they come out every few months. And they each have a couple of singles off of them. Yeah. And basically, it's my journey of becoming more realized, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, just this journey of self-realization. And it started with my emotional state, opening myself up to that. Because for a long time, I had stifled a lot of my emotions. And I'd been through a lot in my life. And that was part of it. But I also had this desire to to really appear very strong and very put together. Um, And I always felt the need to sort of control my environment. And that meant controlling the way people perceive me, the way I presented myself. Right. So if I allowed emotion to come in too much, it would disrupt, you know, everything I had carefully yeah. created. Yeah. So when I kind of decided I'm really shutting myself off as a human, I'm literally cutting off my access to my emotional life. Yeah. I decided I didn't want to be like that anymore. And I really went down this path of opening myself up and really dealing with things I'd mm-hmm. never dealt with. And what happened is when I opened myself up, to my emotional state, it opened up my mental state, my physical state, my spiritual state. The whole rest of my being was right. really came alive. And right. so uh, Merrick actually came up with the idea of, of dividing them into emotional, mental, spiritual, physical. Wow. Uh, and when she said that, it just 
my mind started just racing because I was like, oh, this could be perfect artistically, business-wise, just to be able to tell my story in this way. Yeah. But business-wise, to be able to continuously grow everything. And if, you know, a song on spiritual state blows up, it'll elevate the whole project. Right. So I'm not, like, leaving anything behind, right. which I, right. I always struggle with and, and fear. Yeah. So it's been really amazing to, to be on this path. And, you know, we're almost halfway through. And yeah. we'll be working on it and releasing things from it until winter. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So, like, all the songs are done? Pretty much, okay. yeah. Wow. Uh, most of them are written. I always want to leave myself open if I write something. Yeah. You know, it can beat one of the songs I have. Um, Mental State, actually, the one we're on, I'm still finishing <laughs> one song. And I'm like... Oh, it's hilarious to me that spiritual state is like done yeah. <laughs> and mental state is the one <laughs> that I'm rushing to finish. Yeah. Um, but we just wrote this song that I had to add and yeah. you know, that just happens. Yeah. So yeah, most of them are done and, and it really tells just the story of me getting to know myself and mm-hmm. embracing all these parts of myself. Yeah. That's incredible. I love it. I'm excited to hear, Thanks. hear all of it. What like, what is your songwriting process? Do you like have to go away? Are you in like a specific room? Do you write anywhere? I think I've just learned to write anywhere. Yeah, just kind of do whatever. Yeah, I, I'll get set up on all kinds of sessions. That yeah. I'm like one day I'm recording vocals in a closet, yeah. in some guy's bedroom. And then the next day I'm in this state-of-the-art studio that right. someone paid thousands of dollars a day to rent. I'm like, what is my life? <laughs> like, every day is a different day. I never know what's, what's going to happen. What's going on, yeah. And then, you know, some songs I write at home on my piano or in yeah. my little studio. And um, a few of the songs on this project came out of a writer's retreat that we did. Um, so we all just hold away in a house. And yeah. we wrote a ton of songs uh three sessions a day and I was just kind of running around to each room to sort of like cast vision and then I would go into another room and cast vision and I would come back and be like, ooh, change this, love that, don't yeah. like that, switch those around, yeah. okay, bye. And then I would go to the top <laughs> floor and it was like a three-story house. I was literally running yeah. up and down the stairs. So that was the first time I'd done that for myself. I'd been yeah. a part of other people's writing retreats for their projects, but that was the first time we did it for me. And it was so fun. Yeah. I loved it. And I was honored that all these incredible writers would come and spend several days listening to what I had to say yeah. and try to help me say it. And yeah. I was like, what is my life? This is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, who do you like? Who's kind of your inspiration today? Like in the music world, maybe they're not a musician, maybe they're an artist or whatever, but like who kind of inspires you to do what you do to create to create art? I would say... I more recently or overall for my life? Overall. Let's do overall. Mm, okay, yeah. okay. That's that, that's good to yeah. pinpoint. Yeah. Uh, I grew up listening to a lot of Billie Holiday. Okay. And I think people may be surprised to hear that in some of my stuff. It's not <laughs> jazzy or anything, but just I love the way that she told stories. Yeah. And you could tell she had just been through so much and she brought everything she'd been through. Yeah. Been through it into every performance. And, um, I've always just loved her, and um, I grew up on a lot of great music from the 70s, like the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds is one of my favorite records, Um, the Beatles, and CCR, and just my parents loved all that stuff, and so I grew up on a lot of that, and just really great storytellers at the end of the day, and I think that's what stuck with me over the course of my career. My genres shifted, you know, I, I continued to grow sonically and change sonically, but... 
I think at the heart of it, I'm I'm here to tell stories, and yeah. those are the artists today that I really resonate with as well. Yeah, um, the ones that are really honest and you know take the time to craft a a narrative and let you into it. Those yeah. are the the people I'm consistently drawn to. Yeah, that's cool. Who's two, maybe one or two, or more if you know more, but like emerging artists that you know that you see that are doing incredible things. Oh, so many. I've I love keeping track of really? like all of the up and coming artists, specifically in Nashville, there's the pop community yeah. there is just exploding. Yeah. It's so fun to watch and be part of it. And because when I first started, there wasn't a lot. I was really? one of the only ones doing pop and it's just grown and blossomed and it's kind of become its own little thing within yeah. the larger pop space. So there's a, a few different artists I love. Um, this artist named Flurry, who's so good. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah. We toured together, and I just am such a fan of her. Her voice is like butter. She's like, her voice has kind of got like a Chris Martin thing, but okay. then like the cranberries at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is an amazing, you know, awesome. combination. And then uh, there's a amazing R&B artist named Arlamar out of Nashville that okay. I love, and he's also one of the kindest humans you'll yeah. ever meet. And uh, there's an artist named James Droll that I love. Um, there's a brand new, honestly, her first song just came out yesterday. Uh, her artist name is El Azar. She is incredible. Yeah. She's got this like weird little brain that she's just letting everybody into. And yeah. it's so awesome. And uh, I just, we love to help each other out. Like I just helped on her music video. I like built, helped build her set. And then like her and her husband actually did one of my music videos a couple of years ago. And so I think that's one of the cool things about the Nashville music community yeah. is we all like love helping each other yeah. out and we want to support each other. And so I, I mean, I could go on for another five yeah. hours about everybody yeah. I love there. So I'll stop. That's now. incredible. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, I love thanks for having talking me. Talking to you. Um, you're on Instagram. Where can people find you? Instagram, yeah, website. Daniela Mason on pretty much everything. My name is spelled with two L's and an A. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine yards. I'm Spotify not really, everywhere. Yes, yeah, Spotify. Music everywhere. It's all, it's all under my name. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. We are the artists that make our cities one of a kind. We are the artists behind all the beauty, even in your home. From the architecture that defines the place where you rest to the space in between lined with fine art, handcrafted furniture, and vintage finds, there was an artist who gave you a priceless gift, a piece of themselves. It is our mission to abolish the term starving artistry. This podcast is about interviewing those who have paved the way with their successes in the arts and entertainment industry. Tune in as they give other emerging artist listeners tips to success, as well as advice in the midst of a tipping point. This podcast series will also be a platform to discover together new emerging talent from all over the world. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.